Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein. I had to record this uh, intro away from my regular studio, so audio quality is a little different this time. Uh, episode today is actor and comedian Dean Martin and former president of these in the United States, William Howard Taft. And this is one of my favorite episodes because I was able to get two hilarious comedians who just happen to be two of my oldest friends on this, uh, John Krause and Brian Patchett. We recorded this one at my apartment because I really wanted to get these guys on an episode together. We grew up together. They're both super funny. One of them lives in LA, so it took a little bit of finagling, but we're able to squeeze it in, and I'm really happy we did, and I'm sure that you will be happy too. Um, uh, yeah, in, uh, you know, check out my website, jaredbranson.com, buy my book, The Killing Conway Technique, rate and review, tell your friends about the podcast, but for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Dean Martin and Howard Taft only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Famous stories stuck in the heads. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century American singer, actor, and comedian Dean Martin. Hey, uh... And 27th president of the United States and 10th chief justice of the Supreme Court, William Howard Taft. Hey, yo! Uh, Mr. T- president Taft, Mr. Martin, thank you so much for joining us thank here. Thank you, Jared. Yeah. On Famous Dead what People. What an amazing honor this is. Ah, uh, you know, uh, you, you flatter me, Mr. President. You really do. You really what does. an amazing show. Um, oh, are you a fan? No. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'd like to start off with uh, Mr. Dean Martin, if I might. Baby Dabby uh, So you were a man of many talents. You were an actor, yeah. singer. You were in the comedy duo Martin and Lewis with the infamous Jerry Lewis. We don't talk about that. Uh, you were a, a member of the, the infamous Rat Pack, of course. Uh, but what I wanted to ask you about was your persona of the charming drunk. Yeah. You would often go on stage. You would pretend to be drunker than you actually were. You uh-huh. would slur your speech for comedic effect. Uh-huh. Um, but sources say that you played this up, that most nights you were completely sober, that you went out with apple juice instead of whiskey. Can you confirm or deny any of this? How real was your character of the charming drunk? I'm drunk right now. Oh, okay. I was drunk enough for your mother last night. <laughs> All right, Mr. Martin. Hey, I yo! You're not American? We are. <laughs> You're welcome. That was me. Throwing some gas on this fire. <laughs> Hot right out of the gates. Abby-dabby-doo. So, so well, I have a question. So yeah. you were drunk all the time except when you were on stage? Is that what you're saying, uh, Dean right. Martin? That's Amazing. Right. Oh, interesting. Those floodlights uh, sober you up, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that's uh, indicative of being a consummate professional. You know, uh-huh. like you want to give the audience the best version of yourself that you can. So you're going to pretend to be drunk. But then, you know, when you're off stage, you can live your life and do whatever you want. People love drunks. People do love drunks. Like, I'm sure, Mr. President, that you Mm -hmm. had things that you would do to unwind while you were, you know, not uh, busy being the president or being a judge. It is, uh, it's, you know, it's it's uh, it's late at night. We can definitely uh, yeah, imbibe a little bit. That's why we all oh. take our pants off. All right, then. <laughs> oh, President Taft, please don't take your pants off. Are we, are we in the White House here? Come on, now. We're definitely not in the White House. Oh. And 
I want to thank Dean Martin for bringing enough alcohol for everybody. I really appreciate that. Yeah, who says that's enough for everybody? Mm-hmm. You better get going. <laughs> because it's a little bit like... How uh, long is the show? Is it, is mm-hmm. last? Well, we generally record for about an hour, so yeah, I, I'm sure no, this will last like a long time. Could this is a bowling ball over here make a run to the liquor store for us? <laughs> well, I, I, would... I don't run. <laughs> Mr. President, you don't have to go out and get alcohol Great. For, uh, for Dean Martin. Happy to not do that. Uh, so, yeah, so you're saying you're that welcome. the reports of you being a sort of like a more stable family man, you would go home early, those are the reports that aren't actually true, yeah, Mr. Martin. I kept that under wraps because at the time people wanted... You know, people wanted to uh, go out there and, uh, you know, they wanted me to remind them of their uh, like abusive father or their, their family, you know, that they couldn't escape their deep-seated uh, pain that they got at that. I'm sorry, so you're saying that the, the audience that would come to see you perform yeah, comedically, right. they wanted to be reminded of their they found ab- it drunk abusive fathers. That's right. They found it reassuring. Because, you know, people grow up, they leave their homes, they have their own problems, they have their own kids, and they say, I miss the days when, they, you know, when daddy would just come home... Uh, Little shit face, little shit face, <laughs> and beat the shit out of me. That's right. Oh well, I had no I idea. Give people, that's what it is. Is it tension? You know, you're you're keeping them safe. Ah, uh, yeah. So from truth comes laughter. Is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to talk to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's similar, to like you know, if you see a scary movie, if you go on a roller coaster, like you're exploiting the tension there. People are laughing because they're a little bit scared of the memory of their drunk abusive father. That's right. Yeah, wow, that's uh that's a lot denser. Welcome to Vegas. There's no rules in Vegas. Uh let's pivot over to uh President Taft for just a oh, moment. Oh, here we go. So uh oh there's there's no there's no gotcha questions what? here, President Taft. Don't worry about this. Okay, this is, great. This is a very friendly interview. Uh, so you would eventually go on to be the 27th president of the United States, Eventually, obviously. it was my lifelong dream. Um, really? Because it seems, based on your biography, um, that you you were sort of like careening for more of a career in law. You were had a very a very established career in law. When you were 20 year, tw- only 29 years old, you were already appointed to a lifetime appointment of a state judge in the Superior Court of Cincinnati. Um, and it almost seems like being president was kind of like an afterthought. Show. I'm just... Totally. How much are you learning right now? I'm really lively. <laughs> Let's talk more about the yeah. law in Cincinnati. I think but that's what people really want to hear. Well, about. no, I do want to ask about some of your, your court oh, cases boy. in Cincinnati. Here we go. Uh, but you're saying that it was a lifelong dream. Based on everything that I saw on the Wikipedia, it really seems like it was more of an afterthought. Like you decided to become president because you had a good relationship with Theodore Roosevelt. And it seemed like it was an easy thing for you to do, that you could do it, that he would like usher you into the office. Is that not the case? I knew from the day I was born that if I became president, and I figured I would, I would be the best president this country ever had. Really? From the day you were born? The day I was born. So would you say then that everything you did beforehand was just uh, was just like a feint, you know, like a trick to convince just- it? I'm going to act like I don't want the presidency, and that's going to make it easier for me to uh, slide in under the radar. It's all bullshit, my friend. Oh, my God. Just trying to get those check marks on the old resume mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. it can get to the point where someone say hey that guy should be president yeah you know i don't i don't buy this yet i don't buy what blimpy here is saying <laughs> if you really wanted to be president wouldn't you have been first president rather than number 27, 27? yeah i was disappointed when i was born to find out that there had been other presidents you're not I even i invented the whole thing you're basically a not ranked president yeah excuse me that's right you know 27 well, no, it's not, it's not 27 in like terms of the of how good. It's just chronological. Mr. Tell Biden. that to Billboard, baby. <laughs> that's a Billboard. That's a 
That's a really good point. Although, if we're being fair, if we're being honest, lay it all out. You know, if in in all Let's hear it. Here we go. metrics, you were generally regarded as being a very middle of the road president. Uh, in in the list of like, well, you can't get by him on the left or the right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke I used. That to. is that classic Dean Martin wit. Fuck you. <laughs> oh Jesus. Well, let's go back to uh, President Tafter for a moment. I want to get my ass kicked in my own recording studio. Remind you of someone, though, right? Uh, so, <laughs> it certainly does. Uh, so, as I said, you're 29 years old. You're appointed as a state judge to the Superior Court in Cincinnati. Uh, and there were a number of uh, controversial opinions from your time as judge. Um, and one of them kind of came back to haunt you when you were running for president. The uh, case of... Uh, Moores and Co. v. Brooklayers Union. Oh, I'm interested in uh, hearing about it. And so I was wondering if you remember anything about that case, the uh, Moores and Co. versus Bricklayers Union, and uh, what was your opinion, you know, and what was controversial about it at the time? Well, <clears throat> the Moors, mm-hmm. and here we're talking about the Moors from uh, southern Spain. Okay, so you're talking about like the... Uh, uh, like from Robin Hood. <laughs> from Robin Hood. Okay, so what we would call... Do you have a, did you have a particular version of Robin Hood in mind at the time? <laughs> I've seen all the versions. Let's be clear here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're picturing this case, this is what I used to tell people at the time. I said, mm-hmm. picture a Morgan Freeman type. <laughs> I would say this. This is, this is my classic tapped wit. Mm-hmm. People love this on the bench. And so even the at Moors, the time, your, your thing was to reference actors that had not even been born yet. That was, that was your classic... I had lawyer technique. He's an archetype. Exactly. I didn't know who Morgan Freeman was. I didn't know if he'd ever been born. I knew he was just as the the guy I was thinking of. But it was evocative. It was evocative. The image was clear to people. Even before Morgan Freeman, people knew, yeah, it's a Morgan Freeman kind of guy. (laughs) All right. Okay. I'm with you. So the Moors come to this country. Mm -hmm. And of course, on day one, who do they get a tussle with? The goddamn Bricklayers Union. The Bricklayers Union. A very powerful union. Exactly. Right. And the Moors and the bricklayers start going at it mm-hmm. on okay. the street. It was like a sharks and jets type of thing. The two of them just, it just gang fights on a daily basis. Rival gang sounds very exciting. Right, and they just start going at it. Start punching. There's a lot of kicking, mm-hmm. a lot of stabbings. Okay, and eventually a lawsuit came out of that. Oh yes. Okay. And as a judge, I'm looking at this case. I'm thinking this is right up my alley. <laughs> Why is this? Right up your alley, uh, President Taft. Well, they gave me all the Bricklayer Union cases. Gotcha. Because uh, okay. that was a really troubling union. Okay. A lot of things going on with them. A lot of those cases came funneling to me. Okay. So I see this case come onto my doorstep. I see the Moors on one hand. Again, Morgan Freeman looking guys. <laughs> and I see the Bricklayers. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm sure you can imagine what they're looking like. The overalls and the little cap and the whole thing. All the bricklayers, overalls, cute little cap. We deal in archetypes here. I see, I see. And they come into court, and they start going at it. Mm-hmm. And I say, gentlemen, gentlemen, we got to figure out a solution here. Mm-hmm. I said, the city of Cincinnati has been torn apart by bricklayer and more gang. Right, rivalry, yeah. Uh, and they looked at me, and they said, you know, Judge Taft, this is all we got. We're new to this country. All we have is fighting. All we have is the fighting. Half of them had bricks. (laughs) That's exactly right. And the fights didn't go on too long because of that. Mm. Uh, And eventually, I I basically put them all to death. You put put all of them to death? Look, at the time, people said to me, it seems extreme, Mm -hmm. sir. Yeah. 
But I can see re- I can see why this is a controversial you opinion. You have to remember yeah. at the time. This is important. Laws were not what we think of today. Mm, okay. Okay. As a judge, you could pretty much do what you wanted. You want to put someone to death, you snap your fingers, you put him to death. Like being a king almost. In a way, that was what it was like. Okay. And uh, so what were what, what, what did you use the laws for if it was really just going off of whatever you felt like at the time when you were coming up with your opinions? I Basically, I saw the law as a vehicle to sort of mete out justice against my enemies. Hmm. Okay. Uh, sort of like a, like, 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 a, like, a, like a vigilante type character. That's how I saw it. Okay. Uh, I didn't ignore the law per se, but I used the law to justify the mass killings I would invest. <laughs> when you got it flaunted. Exactly when you got, right. When you got it flaunted. What I used to tell people is what's the point of being a judge? If you can't arbitrarily sentence people to death. What is the point? That makes sense. I mean, that makes sense today still. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Why else would you be a judge? I gotta uh, say, I like yeah. the cut of his jib. <laughs> there you go. His jib. Yeah. You know, I think the jib. I think, uh, you know, who's of us? You know, nowadays these people come to these countries, uh, this country, and they, uh, you know, they don't suffer like uh, our ancestors did. They expect to just slide right in there without a... Some bludgeonings or mass executions, right? You know, there. Dean Martin. You gotta pay your dues. I would argue, Dean Martin, that it is—it's good that immigrants coming into the country today have an easier time of it than immigrants in the past. Oh, you think? So, what, I, I do. I do think so. That's a controversial opinion. No, the things you guys are saying is controversial. Trust me, huh. from a 2018 perspective, what you guys are saying is controversial. You know, huh. interesting. <laughs> Uh, this is, this is that PC me. crap of this is that judge. PC crap. Judge. Can I uh, can I ask you, President Taft? Because um, oh. this uh, this opinion yes. about the uh, the the Moores and Co. versus Bricklayers Union, uh, this was something that was brought up against you during your presidential run. Uh, is there a reason why people got really upset that you just murdered both of the people that uh, that were presented in this trial? You have to understand. Mm-hmm. When I ran for president in eight, the voters were pretty much evenly divided between Moors and bricklayers. Okay. That's pretty much the only people who were voting. You have to remember, women, no. no who the hell gave the bricklayers <laughs> the vote? I, and I thought the same thing at the time. Mm-hmm. I thought, these are people who have it out for me. So everyone in America at the time is either a Moor or a bricklayer. You've murdered, like, a, a lot of both of these people. Well, in Cincinnati. In, c- in Cincinnati, okay. right. There's a lot more bricklayers out there. And th- you have to remember... This is 19 odd eight. There's mm-hmm. a lot of bricks being laid out there. That's right. So you're being flippant about it, okay? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to get the, the story to be as clear as possible. I can see why that would be a detriment to your trying to get presidential votes if you happen to murder, like, both of those demographics that are going to be voting for you. And, and to be clear here, you have to understand, I didn't murder them myself. Mm-hmm. I, oh, that would be monstrous. That would be monstrous. Yeah. I mean, I ordered their deaths, mm. certainly, but I always kind of left the room before all that happened. Hands so are clean. To be, that's the way we do business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to see the killing fields. Mm-hmm. Is I that know how goes on. Is that how you guys handle business on the Rat Pack? Hundred like, you know, percent. Like you, one of like you and Frank was sort of like meet out the uh, the justice. Maybe uh, Joey Bishop and... Same uh, way. Snap your fingers, <laughs> Joey Bishop, off with his head. No one uh, notices. Mm-hmm. What, you guys killed Joey Bishop? Absolutely. You, you, the, the Rat Pack killed I Joey what Bishop. To him. You did, you did it. You did it. <laughs> and that's, that's why we I got away with he it. He was my favorite of the Rat Pack. President Taft, you did not wonder what happened to Joey Bishop. I, you know what? I didn't even know there were other people in the Rat Pack. Really? The only person that you knew of in the Rat Pack was Joey Bishop. I was very excited to have this show because I thought, this must be Joey Bishop. <laughs> <to me." laughs> 
when you told me about it, I thought, well, it's going to be me and Joey Bishop. We're going to talk about the old days, talk about Vegas, talk about the killing mm-hmm. fields and whatnot. Oh, and then who's the, who the hell is this guy? If, uh, That's if a good you, question. You know who I'm reminding myself of? Who are you reminding yourself of, Dean Martin? I'm like a cross between Robert Mitchum and Bing Crosby. Hey, yo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's how you were describing the first line of Wikipedia. I could be wrong about that. Uh, if you're just joining yes, us, this you're is, wrong. This but is, I'm uh, reminding myself of that. Is it as the time goes on? So let me ask you a question. Wikipedia. We, we, <laughs> who was the leader of the Rat Pack in your mind? Uh, leader of the, uh, the Rat Pack was a guy named Stains Unclepotch. Stains Unclepotch. Yeah, he was. A, he was. He he lived underground and he wore a big car with spikes on it we used to call him the mole man the mole oh. man and, and he was calling the shots yeah it was we were just doing his bidding interesting yeah all right and then, you know so you have people like my sinatra the face of it and me you know doing the upgrade but really you know our tendrils were in everything oh i see interesting yeah. you could not buy a brick west of the west mississippi and without listen. coming through with did you talk to the red sons of bitches <laughs> what was his name again Stains. Stains, Uncle Potts. Uncle, Uncle that's, Potts. That's incredible. I, I have so many more questions about that. Yeah, uh, well, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests <laughs> today are the uh, former president of the United States, William Howard Taft. Hey, yo! And uh, 20th century American singer and actor, Dean Martin. It's a moon. So I'd like to ask you, um, Mr. Martin, about your early life in entertainment. Yeah. Uh, you left high school in the 10th grade. You had a number of jobs. You worked at a speakeasy. You uh, bootlegged liquor. Yes. You dealt black. Jack and you boxed. Is that correct? That's correct. So your your boxer name was Kid Crochet. Is that yes. right? Can you tell? Can you explain the 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 meaning behind the epitomology of you calling yourself Kid Crochet? The the bug. The, the epitomology. Uh, the foot. Isn't that isn't that the that the history of words? Epistemology, uh, epidemiology. It, 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 it doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I Etymol- etymology, etymology. It's that's too late. It. You revealed yourself to be a fool. <laughs> okay, so what is the what was the derivation then? In those days, boxing was was a very was a bit you know it was it's big. Like brick, it's like brick there were many. There was a, it was like bricklaying. There were many. There was the professional level, mm-hmm. like the gold standard bricklayer. You know. Uh, Brick League, uh, uh, North Chattanooga, uh, Brick Inc., you know, people like that that you, everyone knew about. Uh, 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 Franklin have uh, Brick folks. Anyway, and then you had the little folks, you know, you have your mom and pops, you know, uh, uh, Stan and Joe's uh, Little Brick, you know. Or, yeah, they'll build or, a wall or, for you, you know, so that's you know, about it. Going through, the, you know, your red, you know, red brick. Yeah, red, they're, red not, brick. they're not insured. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't go with them for a big job. You wouldn't go with them. But you, because the, the brick economy is so big, everybody needs bricks all the time. It's a brick crazy culture. Do you mind if I pump the brakes on this really quickly, Dean Martin? Because I feel like this is a really long drive to getting to Kid Crochet. Oh, well, And so I was wondering if we could skip oh, a couple of... Oh, are you of, the famous comedian now? Skip a couple of steps and <laughs> okay. get us, and get uh, us uh, to the... The boxing was the same can way. I so be, can I be clear that we will get back to bricks later on? <laughs> we will definitely get back to okay, bricks later on. I have lots of thoughts. I on promise you, President we will. Okay, so you were saying, Mr. Dean Martin. So like, so yeah, so it was a big industry that could support, you know, big guys, little guys. Like, so you had all these. Everybody had to have a, a gimmick. I was on the little side, you know. So uh, you know, professional, you had to make it look, uh, look, make it look good, make it look real. You know, those guys were great. Yeah, you're playing but a character. I, I had to have a gimmick. So mine was needlepoint. Mm-hmm. Yours was needlepoint. Yeah, strikes fear in the hearts of men. So would you do this like before a fight? You'd like show your show your needles. I would you'd... stab them in the eyes. Do, wait, you could stab They'd people. Say, oh no, Dino's coming out with his. With his uh, sampler pattern, 
<laughs> and they said, that's illegal. But the, the audience would go, that's illegal. You know, kid crochet. And then the ref would turn his eyes and say, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> or someone would beat him with a brick. Crazy cat or whatever. Yeah, there, things there, there, were always around. The got too expensive because of the uh, tariff issues, which mm. I don't want to get into. The brick economy did collapse at one point. Mm -hmm. it did. Yeah, it was, it was tough going for brick Ironically, players. those who invested in straw ended up... <laughs> it all came full circle. They were... Uh, I think that's how Rockefeller made all, made all this money. On straw, yes. In straw, mm -hmm. yeah. Straw magnate. Uh, so after you boxed, you, you sort of like move into singing. Uh, and hey, yeah. uh, in 1943... Uh, you have your first show where you uh, mm. you have Frank Sinatra is opening for you yes. at a place called Were you opening for Bishop? Uh, yes. Rio Bamba. Uh, we don't know if Jerry Bishop was in the picture yet. Uh, okay, I just have to keep uh, You're Joey both Bishop, man of many faces. Man, <laughs> he blended. He'll disappear. I don't think, and nobody would argue can argue. Joey Bishop was clearly the most talented pe person in the entire Rat Pack. They, they, that's, is, isn't that assumed that we, he's the most talented? Yeah, everybody knows. It's redundant to bring it up. I'm Are so even, sorry, Dean Martin. It's all right. I mean, he knows. It's, just, he knows. it's a very popular opinion. Yeah, everyone knows. So as I was saying... That's what uh, they want you to think. You're both <laughs> early on in your career. You're yes. both uh, veritable no-names. Yes. Uh, but according to the Wikipedia... Not Bishop, though. Uh, Sinatra... <laughs> Sinatra... <laughs> just crushes you in the show that he's opening for you so you go out there and you completely flop um and uh, but but it's it's you know not a total sham because well, was, it was like wrestling uh, too you know everything was like uh, you know they what they say they put him over you know mm -hmm. we're gonna put this you know, this frank over you know he's yeah, you, gotta play, you gotta play the heel every now and then oh That's so right. you, you took a fall for frank sinatra yeah well yeah oh, okay so yeah. you're saying that if you wanted to, you could have gone out. You know there what and his crushed. nickname was? You know what his nickname was in those days? Frank Sinatra's nickname? Yeah. What was it? Topsy Turvy. Topsy Turvy. <laughs> Topsy Turvy. Yeah. Why did they call Frank Sinatra Topsy Turvy? Because what would happen? He'd get on his head and start spinning like a top while he I don't sang. I don't believe that. Start kicking everybody <laughs> in the audience. His first couple of movies, I saw them, were all him just spinning, spinning you know? on top of his head. That's yeah. Turvy. Needle yeah. point. So I go pow pow, and he sends my needles flying. It was a great, it's a legendary show. Oh, Wait, so you did this during the show? I thought that you would put the needle pointing down by the time you were becoming a nightclub act. No, it's transitioning. Ah, I mm. see. Uh, I can see, I can see how that works. Uh, let's go back over to President Taft uh, for oh, just a moment. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to ask you about, um, you know, you eventually marry a woman. Uh, oh, that's what they, <laughs> he thinks he does protest too much. Uh, I know. Bring that up right away. You, uh, you eventually marry a woman named Helen Heron, uh, whose nickname was Nellie, mm -hmm. uh, which I don't understand how that is a nickname for... Helen, I'm assuming that was common in the uh, in the late 1800s. We call all women uh, Nellie at the time. Oh, okay. All right. So everybody was a Nellie back Everyone then. Everyone was a Nellie. That's uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So uh, you meet Helen sometime around uh, 1880, uh, which is the year that she mentions you in her diary. She writes in your diary that you invited her to Ooh, go to a party. Reading her diary, are you? Somebody mm -hmm. found it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what else did she say about me? Someone found Nellie Taft's diary and they read it. Yeah, of course. This is all in historical It's been records. long sought by historians. People yeah. thought, what would Nellie Taft say about things today? I think that if you if you reach a certain level of uh, of political notoriety, if you become the president, Infamy. then mm. all of these documents should be public records so that we can piece together your life because you're an interesting person because you became president. Well, I was, and I was the best president. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so people would naturally want to know what my wife thought about things. Mm -hmm. I don't even understand the train of. So, all right, here. so I'm just saying we're, we're we're fine with the fact that historians have read your 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 wife's diary to discover facts about you. Is that so? We're all on the same page now. Sure. Okay. Cool. So she mentions you invited her to a party. 
Uh, and that yes, is written in her diary. Do you remember <laughs> the night that you invited her to this party? Do you remember like uh, like asking her to go to that party? What your intentions were? That sort of thing. Uh, it was a swingers' night. It was um, a swingers' night. You know, eighteen eighty. Eighteen eighty. Wow. People were really into it back then. Hmm, um, interesting. I was trying to build my political brand at the time. Okay. People knew me mostly as the guy with the bricklayers who put them all to death. <laughs> okay. And I thought. And the Moors. Let's not forget the Moors. Well, people have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to expand the brand a little bit. I thought, what will people like more than the judge who puts everyone to death? And that would be? They would, they would like that judge who's throwing those crazy swinger parties. Throwing crazy swinger parties. And this was not a thing people were doing then, mind you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said that it was big in the 1880s. It wasn't big until I did it. God, you made it big. You were a trendsetter. Every, hey, let me be clear here. Like Kanye West. Uh, clearly. <laughs> Everything I did was had to be the biggest and the best. Mm. Okay? That's how old mm. William H. Taft lived his life. You rolled, lo- you rolled deep. Taft did. I didn't just you. walk. I strutted down the gotcha. street. And people thought, oh, shit. Here Balls comes. out Taft. <laughs> Here Balls comes old Taft. Taffy. That's As what they called me back then. Known. Old Taffy. After old you. Taffy. The way your balls look. So you invite your future wife to the swingers party. Uh, but also, according to her diary, you don't propose marriage until five years later. And she initially says no. Uh, does that have anything to do with something that happened during this swingers party of yours? Uh, well, it's kind of an uncomfortable topic for me. I'll get into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, please do. There's no, there are no secrets here on Famous Dead People. Okay. So, you have to understand. These parties were the places where all the heavy hitters of politics showed up. You say it, Because they knew old Taffy, when he throws a party, you all gotta show up. So it's me, it's Teddy Roosevelt, Ooh. it's William McKinley. Whoa! It's uh, Grover Cleveland. Oh my God! Benjamin Harrison. Wow. Okay, we're talking presidents. That's everybody. Up and down That's the row. Every important That's a person. That's real rat pack right there. <laughs> Goddamn right it was. You got a skinny one, another one. Yeah, you got a bearded guy. <laughs> a you got a guy without a beard. It's a whole thing. Dean Martin, I just really like your recipe for <laughs> make a rat pack. It worked, baby. A fat one, a skinny one, uh-huh. another one, and a third one. I don't remember saying a fat one. <laughs> All right, so, so oh, by the way, did, did you have a name for this group that was sort of, like, similar to the Rat Pack? Uh, we just called it the Fuck Pack. The mostly. Fuck Pack. And again, you have to understand, nice. back then, this is what the voters wanted. I know mm. you don't understand this today, living in this modern, sort of puritanical world. Yeah, we are kind of, we can, we can be kind of puritanical right? still. Yeah. At the time, people wanted sex and violence. That's hmm. what they were looking for gotcha. from a political candidate, and Taffy gave it to him in spades, my friend. <laughs> you, her, you were dealing it out like a blackjack dealer. Dealing it out. Mm, I see. All right, so so you're saying then that you know the swingers party that you threw, um, that was for the voters. That wasn't to try to attract. Oh, it was in public. It was not. It was not something we hid anywhere. We did oh, you did the, it out in public. We did it out in the town square. It was for mm. the public. It was for the consumption. Come check this out. Of the voter. Gotcha. Uh, we so, would say, would William Jennings Bryan throw a party like this? You better believe he would huh. not. So Helen then... Nellie? Nellie, yes, Nellie. Uh, she... Nellie, Nellie, Nellie. The only people who didn't like her called her Helen. Originally said no to your marriage proposal. You're saying it had nothing to do with these swingers parties that you threw. I had a little bit to do with it. Mm. Uh, she was a little put off by it. Uh, we didn't go out any formal dates per se. It was all just the swinger Mainly parties. Mainly swingers parties. Mm. But after five years of this, she thought, you know, are we going to settle down? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, yeah, sure. Let, what the hell? 
Let's get married. I'm going to be president. <laughs> that was that was kind of a new thing then. I think getting married and no one got married. No right. one got married, and those that you expected your president to be on the time. It's become much more. They were popular. barnstorming well, and doing these things, and they come in and they, they expect that the president is going to get laid by as many. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's what be, politics was. You got Kennedy understand. brought it back. That's absolutely right. You'd show up in the in the in the town or the city wherever you were. You put on a goddamn spectacle of yourself. Mm, you gotcha. just start throwing haymakers and you start drinking booze. And, that's how you become president. And you know what, people? That's what people like. Gotcha. It's not my fault. I just played the game as it was back then. And you know what? I was a goddamn great president. You for were, it. you know what? And uh, that's debatable. Uh, mm. Now we're gonna have to take a break pretty shortly, uh, but I have one more question for Dean Martin before we go. Uh, so, like many entertainers, yeah. uh, you had to take a break from performing to serve in the army during World War II. Yes. Uh, but you only served a year in Akron, Ohio, because you were eventually classified as 4F because what the uh, because of what the Wikipedia describes as a double hernia. Is that right? <laughs> you goddamn coward. You had a double hernia, Dean Martin. I was born with two butts. You were born. <laughs> Dean Martin, you were not born with two butts. Uh, you number one. That's also not what a double hernia is. I disagree. <laughs> so so you were thinking about going in four f's, two f's a butt, two uh, f's a butt, two f's a butt. <laughs> so I, I was my hit with the uh, two f's a butt. I remember that. Two one. f's a butt. It's uh, a very good old. Those are two f's a butt. But uh, it wasn't the greatest song, but it was the corny, you know, really, people were into that American, you know, apple stripes and Indian pie. It was, uh, it was good enough that uh, President Tab remembered it. Yeah, wow. I forget. So would you at least go, just saying that back then, what we what we call a hernia now is not a hernia. What you, you, what you call the double hernia. You what we call the hernia, <laughs> let alone a double. All right, so would a, her, would a hernia just be having one butt? Is that is that what one hernia is? Yeah, yeah, kid. A hernia would be having just one butt. Okay, so we all have a hernia then. Everyone no, you've got a hernia in your one butt. Oh, I see. You're a hernia in my butt. <laughs> it's, it's just becoming extremely contentious. Unfortunately, we got to take a short break, uh, but we will be right back with Dean Martin and President Tapp of Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you want a specific famous dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 27th President of the United States and 10th Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, William Howard Taft. You know it. And... Uh, 20th century American singer, actor, and comedian Dean Martin. I'm a yabba dabba doo. So, uh, before the break, uh, we were talking to uh, Dean Martin about his double hernia, which apparently at the time meant that you had 
uh, two butts. Right, you had assuming, a hernia in each butt. And you had a hernia Any, in yeah. each butt. You had somehow had an greatest ab- somehow generation. You had an uh, abdominal oh. tear in both of your buttholes. Uh, and I think that that's a really good um, segue. Segue into. I agree. I don't know uh, what you're going to say, but it's, it's a, a segue to everything. Segue. Talking yeah. to yeah. President Taft nope. about his work in the Philippines. You know it. So in 1900, after an illustrious career in law, uh, you're appointed by President McKinley to a commission to organize a civilian government in the Philippines, and you say yes. Why not? And so, Well, that's my, my first question is, did you know anything about the Philippines before this? Did you have any interest in the Philippines before this? Was this the first that you'd ever heard of the Philippines? Was when President McKinley asked you to do this commission? I still haven't heard of the Philippines. So you, even to this day. so you went over there, you, know, you did look, a bunch of work, and you still have never heard of the Philippines. You have to understand. Mm-hmm. When the president comes calling and says, you need to go to some god-awful place in the South Pacific, you say, okay. All right. I'm with and you. And I, I said, where's the Philippines? He said, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what President McKinley said. That's what he said to me. And I said, well, shouldn't I know? He's like, you know, I'll put you on a boat. We'll give you a bunch of liquor. You'll show up. You'll do a great goddamn job. I again, love it. I this love is it. how politics was done back then. You have okay. to understand. What I like about it was a talking theme cruise, basically. Oh, it was yeah. It, it was, was a, a free cruise. It was a Disney thing for a couple of years. It was yeah. a free cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like about this interview so far, with President Taft, is I'm learning a lot about how politics was different back then. Very different. You know, we had a lot more decorum now. Things uh, are so boring he, now in politics. People nothing, are expected to kind happens. of do things. I mean, there's there's all this stuff that happened in the Philippines that I assumed you had something to do with because you went over there. Uh, you became really popular in the States because of how well you handled the Philippines. Uh-huh. Uh, but you're saying that you just kind of went over there yeah, really look, drunk, didn't really do a lot of stuff. I went over there, did my fair share of boozing, mm-hmm. fair share of whoring. Okay. And uh, again, the people just loved it. People love... It turns out, and you have to understand, it turns out people in the Philippines, not that different from Americans. I think that that's a fair thing to say. I didn't know that. Okay. I went over there expecting I would have to just kill a lot of them. Because this is the work that you've done. This is the work that I've done. As a judge. And you have to understand, not only is it the work that I've done, this is what America is all about at the time. Killing lots and lots of people. McKinley didn't call me over there so I could do right by the people. That's kind of what it says in the Wikipedia. He said he wanted to organize the civilian government. Yeah, that's a lot of euphemisms there. <laughs> okay. You know, when you say organize, we all know what you're doing. <laughs> civilian government. I, and I'm doing the air quotes here. So, oh, McKinley would do air quotes and he would say, I want you to uh, Yeah, he was big on the air quotes. He said, I want you to organize the civ- civilian government. If you know what I and mean. And he would do this wink thing and I'd be like, I get what you're getting at. I'm going to kill them all. Gotcha. No, I wouldn't say that. That was mm-hmm. a that was a under the surface kind of thing. Gotcha. So then, what did you do when you eventually went over there? Again, a lot of whoring, a lot of drinking, <laughs> a lot of whoring, a lot and of drinking. And in between that, I would pass a law here and there. Oh, okay. Uh, ah. Just to see what would happen. Yeah, mostly, makes a lot of sense. arbitrary bullshit. Makes sense to me. And I guess it kind of accidentally worked out in your favor. Hey, you don't hear anyone complaining about the <laughs> Philippines today, do you? Lots of people complain about the Philippines today. I don't. I thought it's, things were great. Oh, Taffy walks in, shit gets done. Things have kind of taken a turn for the worse since you went over there, huh. uh, but it was going pretty good, according to the Wikipedia, for a little while. There least. you go. Interesting. Uh, let's move back over to Dean Martin for just a moment. So, uh, I had assumed that uh, you became famous being a singer, being a crooner, and that you Ooh. eventually teamed up with an already successful Jerry Lewis, but that apparently... Was not the yeah, case. Why would you think they were an idiot? You just uh, made that up. I just I have to hear your life story now. Well, I, hadn't, I hadn't read about it yet, uh, but according to Wikipedia, the two of right. you met working the clubs, working the club circuits. Yeah, that's right. You decided to form a musical comedy act together. 
Uh, yeah. Can you tell us about um, that first meeting with Jerry Lewis, the the, the spark of, of realizing that you two had a connection, that you could work together creatively? Yeah. yeah, well, we were both on a bill, and it was one of those things, like the Sinatra thing, you have one after the, over, the, after the other, after the other, after the other, and it's a mill, you know, and you pay your dues, and you're doing the grind, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not riding Bishop's coattails anymore. <laughs> no. you got to get out there on your own. you got to make not your way. Not quite yet. No. No. It only, only goes so far. Uh-huh. Bishop, by the time, was franchising, you know, oh, so that huge. was AIDS Zoe Bishop would introduce yeah. us, you know. But, I see, right. gotcha. So I, you know, I had my day, what happened, we had this energy, and immediately backstage, we were cracking each other up and all this stuff. We, we knew we had this chemistry, so we went out there, and I did my routine, and, uh, and Jerry Lewis was like my hype man. Huh. Oh, like okay. my hype man. So, so he I would was, just go up and talk about how great you, D. Martin, were. No, it was like, it was like flavor, flavor. It was like, it was like, uh, you know, it was, it was, you know, like, uh, you know. Uh, I got the moon in my eye, and he go pie, 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 pie. He give the ad libs, you know. Uh, hey, taking the thing in my sky, and he go sky, whoo, uh, falling, you know, that kind of thing. And he was hilarious because I had my look, and he had his look, and uh, you and know, it was different. And it he was, was so a brick player. I was, you know, you were the more. I was the, the more. more. The classic, was, classic yeah. tale. It's classic, it's, it's, classic. It's, that's why you know these archetypes. I uh-huh. understand where you're yeah, coming from because like we it. knew that we understood that that would connect with people. Mm, gotcha. Uh, so uh, your your first one of your first bookings was at uh, the 500 Club in Atlantic City. Oh, uh, are you yo. familiar with the 500 Club? <laughs> you better believe it, President Taft. You better believe I it. I wasn't aware. Any uh, yeah. any any stories? Like, was that one of the places where you would hold your swingers parties? Or yeah, uh, me and old Bill McKinley. Objection, <laughs> leading the witness. <laughs> Just asking. <laughs> I was asking because it's something that you mentioned before. I thought maybe it was something that you had continued to do. Oh, yeah. Me and the old fuck club we'd head down there. <laughs> the fuck club. Right. We'd head down to the old uh, 500 club. Mm-hmm. In See Atlantic City. Going in Atlantic City, New Jersey. <laughs> okay. And again, you have, to, you have to remember. Okay. Old Taffy walks in. I'm wearing mm-hmm. the three-piece suit. Mm. I'm spinning my uh, pocket watch. You look like a million bucks. Look like a million bucks. The ladies came flocking. Oh, yeah. And again, I'm a lot of man here, okay? Mm-hmm. So the ladies, they found their way over to me. Now, were you married to Nellie at the time? Oh, yeah, she knew what was going on. I see. Women back then, they knew the score. They knew the score. They, they knew what was she up. She thought to herself, you know what? All right, women if- were women, uh, men were men. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, we she... possibly... You as the exception. <laughs> there you go. I mean, she knew that I was going to be president. Again, everyone knew this. This was not a thing people did not know. It was not a secret. And she thought, you know, I gotta let him do. I gotta let him do what he does, because mm-hmm. that's what gets Maybe the voters the in the Maybe the five-year delay was there were twenty-six men ahead of you, you with her too. Hey, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! That's actually correct. Yeah. It's a little spice yeah. on this tomato. Uh, uh, so yes, you're at the Five Hundred Club, uh, and uh, it's a spicy tomato. It's a spicy tomato. Familiar with it? So the the story on the Wikipedia is: you go to the Five Hundred Club. Uh, you do the first night. It's like and, a commercial for Wikipedia. And you don't. <laughs> and you don't. I'm just sort of letting everybody know where I do you my have research. To donate by the end of the night. Oh yeah. You know, if every listener to the show donated, it'd be nothing. <laughs> this is the smartest podcast there is. So mean, Dean Martin, for no reason. Yeah. So yeah, the first night at the 500 Club, you and Jerry Lewis, you don't do well. The club owner 
a man named Skinny D'Amato hey, yo, comes out skinnies. comes out and he tells you, oh, was Skinny was Skinny there oh, while you were? Yeah, uh, we knew Skinny, skinny D'Amato. He and I, we did a vaudeville routine. Right. You, President Taft, uh-huh. you and Skinny D'Amato did a vaudeville routine of together. He did the whole thing. I put on the small hat. He put on the big hat. Because he was skinny, obviously. Yeah, and now you were fat. Okay, That's now you get hats. it. I know comedy's different. You get it. Though. You got a good. You got a good eye ahead for this time. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want to knock you down a little bit. No. And pull you down the. Lane and uh, you know have you hit the bumpers and knock over a few pins, but Look, you got a good attitude. I gotta say, old you Taffy, understand the industry. He was a natural showman, old Taffy. Mm-hmm. Okay, we get up there. I take my stick. I knock his little head. He talk knock up the big head. We put him on mix match. Audiences went nuts for yeah, it. I, it sounds it sounds delightful. So this tomato. So tomato. So, what's his name? A skinny tomato. He tells you. Skinny tomato. He tells Spicy you. Spicy tomato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. That's Martin, a thing people say. He was a ringleader. Yeah. He tells yeah. you and Jerry Lewis that unless you guys get better for the next show, that he's gonna fire you. Is that true? What are you talking to me? He yeah. Did. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, spicy did. Uh, skinny, skinny. Yeah, tomato. we don't care about spicy, but we know we've got the goods. We can move on. We can take this act anywhere. Okay. We got the roof. We could go to Roop Town, Hickville. Mm. Stupid oh. puss. Oh, <laughs> stupid puss. That was one of the big. That was one of the big vaudeville it cities was back hub. then. It's part of the. It's part of the it's part of the dumb quad city. <laughs> it, was, mm. it was Hicksville, uh, Rube, Rubesport. Rubesport. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, Dumbus, was uh-huh. it? Dumbus. Dumbus. Heck, uh, yeah. Yeah, all the good, all the there good we dumb cities to go play at. So all I, the, the dumb, yeah, the dumb quad cities. I campaigned at all these places. I'm sure Bunch you did. Bunch of morons at each city. So Love you, it. so you're saying that you weren't worried about getting fired from the 500 Club. You're like, we can go to any of these we other places. We can go to the 1,000 Club. <laughs> we can go to the 75 Club four or five times in a night. I'm mm. glad. I, I just, it made things so much easier back then that every club was just a number. They were, yeah. you know? That's how so you knew where they were. And that number had no bearing mm. on... Uh, which which club came first? Which one was best? They were just numbers picked at random. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, so yeah, let's go back to uh, President Taft for just a moment. So uh, you know we we've mentioned this. We kind of danced around it a little bit. Yep. Dance around the elephant. Uh, it was disgusting. You uh, you know you you you're not a not a thin man. <laughs> you know you're yep. sort of sort of a larger a, a larger cut of gentleman. You uh. are according to the Wikipedia the heaviest president that we've ever had. Uh, you peaked at 335 pounds. Well, what about um, that one, the president who, who could fly, the gray one? I'm yeah, sorry, the president... John Adams who, he's talking about. The president who could fly? <laughs> yeah, there's a, we have a president who had a magic feather. A president who... Uh, are you thinking... Uh, Suck a feather in his cap and uh, call the macaroni? No, he held it in his trunk. I like that I think, guy. I think you're thinking James of Buchanan. I, I think no, that's, I voted for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dumbo. I think you're talking about yeah, Dumbo. Yeah, a little mouse of Dumbo. Oh, yeah. Dumbo. Dumbo that was, was a good president. He was, he was pretty. A lot of good politics. I liked him. I don't think Dumbo was a president, though. It, do, it doesn't sound like... Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound... Yeah, mister, I just looked yeah, up let me, on let Wikipedia. Let me check on Wikipedia. Let me see what I can find out right now. <laughs> anyway, no no offense there. I, I'd put you in a bucket and sink you. Yeah, that's, a, he said, that's what people said back that's, then. That's uh, because you're, you're a fat person. Yeah, you're pretty Jesus fat. Jesus Christ, uh, enough with this. Let me ask you something. <laughs> you're more likely to sink or float because you think... The sheer mass, I the think weight, it has to do with you have um, if you have air in your lungs because if you have air in your lungs, it's easier to to oh, float in general. It doesn't really matter how fat you are. I could be wrong about that. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, well, why don't you look it up on Wikipedia? Let's I will look know. it up on Wikipedia later. It's a great resource for learning things. I bet yeah, he googles like uh, how to tell if someone can float or not. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not a bad way to Google things. Oh it really man, it's perfectly valid. 
so yeah. All right, so, so yeah, I'm fat. Let's get uh, back to it. All right, let's just let's just get to it. There is an apocryphal story, and uh-huh. it, it's been debunked. But <laughs> I'd like to hear if, uh, if uh, you can let me say hear it. Lay it on me. Uh, that you got stuck in the White House bathtub uh, because of how fat you are, and uh, some people say it's an urban myth. Some people say that uh, it's true. It's it's been widely debunked. But since I had you here, I thought I'd ask you: uh, Did you? Get stuck in the White House toilet because of how fat you are. To- no, well, no, not toilet. To, sorry, the bathtub. I have bathtub. to correct the record. It yeah. wasn't a bathtub. It was a swimming pool. Okay, you got stuck in a swimming. It pool. It was not the biggest swimming pool. Okay, but but still. I kind of I kind of got myself lodged in there between the walls. Okay, and they had to get me out of there with a goddamn crane. Amazing! Wow! Amazing. Did you get in there and just start eating? You just said, "Hey, fill her up, folks." I said, "Look, it, it would be easier instead of getting me out." Why don't you just keep feeding me? Maybe the whole thing will explode around yeah, that's me. A, that's right. Maybe you'll destroy the pool from the inside. That's how I solve problems as president. Mm-hmm. I, and just uh, eat your way out of it. You never hear about that pool anymore, do you? Yeah, no, I was going to ask. There was a pool. Same at with the, the Philippines. At the, <laughs> After the I left things, this is the thing about old Taffy you have to understand. Mm-hmm. When old Taffy left the place, that place wasn't worth going anymore. No, because you'd, you'd have busted it open. You're goddamn right. Wow. wow. Yeah. But look, I mean, I, to get amazing. back to your question, I was not the fattest president. You're not the fattest president. Uh, no. I mean, look, we have photographs of me, okay? Yes. So we know how fat I was. Could have been the aspect ratio. That's that's what I would tell people. At the time. Okay. Have you ever seen a photograph of John Adams? Uh, I didn't uh, think that that technology was available. Now, at the see, time. back then, you have to understand, they would draw the picture to make them look flattering. What people do not know, mm-hmm. but when you're president, they tell you these things. Okay. Every single president, one through 16, everyone from Washington to Lincoln, at least 600 pounds. Really? Interesting. Every president up to Lincoln, including Lincoln, or not? Or, or well, Lincoln's no, I, I should off. clarify. I mean, the whole thing when you were president at the time, you have to understand. Mm-hmm. In order to get elected, you had to be fatter than the guy before you. Ah, uh, mm. yeah, that makes sense. Because to me now. obesity it back, was a sign. It back. I'm remembering. Right, obesity was a sign that you understood the issues of the day. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Uh, and that, again, I, you have to understand, I wasn't heavy before I ran for president. You became heavy. I was a beanpole, yeah, relative beanpole, and no one respected me. Mm-hmm. Not like they do now. Well, now I have to ask. So you're saying that every president up to Lincoln uh-huh. was a very, very fat person, Obese. at least 500 yeah. pounds, uh-huh. at least. Uh, so you're not the fattest president nope. that ever existed. Um, but there was a period of time when presidents stopped being fat. But then you sort of like reinvigorated, or, uh, there was or Theodore a shift Roosevelt in political maybe? thinking at the time. I and, see. And, and a lot of the political scientists at the time thought to themselves, you know what? We've had fat presidents. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go a different way? Hmm. Okay. And so people thought maybe people wouldn't like their president to be morbidly obese. And so they started electing a whole run of skinnies. And, okay. it, and, you know, it doesn't work out great. It didn't work out. It did not people work out. Yeah, want to know their president, out people <laughs> want to know their president is healthy. Right. And then he doesn't pass a meal. They don't want one of these presidents who skips dinner. Uh, it could be argued that those two are not mutually compatible. Uh-huh. That uh, never skipping a meal and being healthy. But that's neither here nor there. Huh. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on, uh, on Radio Free Brooklyn. spaghetti. And uh, my guest today, I can't <laughs> believe you brought spaghetti, I Dean Martin. It. it just came here. I thought it was... You brought spaghetti and you brought booze for us all to enjoy. You're a great guest. Uh, so yeah, you were listening to uh, uh, Famous Dead People, and my guests today are 20th century American singer and actor Dean Martin. Oh, bo, bo, bo. And former president of the United States, William Howard Taft. You're goddamn right. Uh, so let's go back over to uh, Dean Martin for just a moment. Uh, I like that catchphrase. So, That's what I would say to people. It's yeah. on every poster. You're goddamn right. Vote for right. Taft, you're goddamn right. You're goddamn yeah, right. Kids. 
Yeah. All right. So after your success uh, in in film, you sort of uh, you link up with uh, Frank Sinatra. Uh, you link up with Joey Bishop, Peter Lawford, Sammy Davis Jr., the fire Peter Lawford, oh, the other great guy who I can't remember. Yeah, anything. it was him yeah. and, and Bishop. Those were, the, those were the two headliners. Yeah, Peter Lawford and Joey Lawford Bishop. Lawford and Bishop. They were the two most popular members uh-huh. of the Rat Pack, bar none. Uh, and, but I wanted, wanted to ask you, so the five of you become friends, you do my nightclub acts together, um, but you don't call yourself the Rat Pack. The media calls you the Rat Pack. You guys have a different name for yourselves. Uh, according to the Wikipedia, you call yourselves the Summit or the Clan. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I'm wondering what the derivation of uh, of those names was. Well, Why did you guys decide to call your group the Summit or the Clan? It all had to do with the pyramid structure of the uh, underground society that Ungapach was running. Uh, uh, summit gotcha. means we are five guys in a rat pack. Mm-hmm. Each of us finds five guys in a rat pack. Huh. And they each find five guys in a rat pack. And so on. And, yeah, and so on. And each person headlines in Vegas. And pretty soon, you're, 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 you're there. You're right there. The sands, you know. It's built an empire. Buy saying, this rat pack. Are you saying that that uh, uh, headlining in Vegas trickled down to the other rat packs that were below you? It has to. It's science. <laughs> it's science. It's science. You want to give it a try? I'd love to. I mean, this is a very special... Kind of deal, you Special, know, but and it's, uh, it sounds like it's one. It of takes lifetime. a certain type of person, of course, of course. Uh, and so, th- so that's the that's the reason why you guys called yourselves the summit. We, we were the summer. We were at the top. There was Ungapatch. and then at with, the very top was there. And there was a was there a reason why you guys called yourselves the clan? Oh, well? can't wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I mean, I, at that time it was just very I'm desperately hoping that this doesn't have anything to do with racism. So. It's, it's, Listen, kid, it's, it's America. The, it's the 1960s. It's, it's, you have to understand. It's the U.S. You know, we, we, yeah. it was just, what do you want me to say? Look around you, honey. <laughs> okay, all right. Hey, don't honey apologize child. for who you are. We're not all apologizing. Right. I'm yeah. just getting the record straight. I mean, you know. You're saying Taft. that. You oh, named, I love racism. You it's named, just, I mean, what, who are we kidding? Oh, no, I wasn't racist. Yeah, I didn't want to put that. foot around Yeah, I was friends with Sammy Davis. This, that don't mean shit. Hey, just, friends, right? Air quotes. <laughs> yeah, friends. <laughs> This is extremely Quite upsetting. I really thought yeah. I really thought that even if you didn't believe these things back then, that now that you're back in 2018, you would have at least a more progressive attitude. You know what? Here's the thing, though. It's 2018. Yes. Who? It's over. We don't give a shit anymore. In 1965, 1963, yeah, we said, oh, we don't associate with that. And, we, you know, we got to have progress. But look, it's it's over. It's over. It's just fi- I feel like it's fine now to come and say we're racist all out. We know America's a racist country. Who do you think we're? Who do you think we're racist? You know what? I'll, people I'll, and why we're the I'll people living. I'll give you. You know, sure. You know. Yeah, I think that it's. I think it's. It's. We we should be honest about our racist past here in America. Yes. You know, and the, the Rat Pack calls us because the there's a future in it because and of racism. We are. We are just riding like, it you're out. Saying there's a future in racism, Dean Martin. D- I beg you. I, 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 it's I, progressing. Try to argue with me, yes. Okay, I, I don't agree, and I desperately hope that you're wrong. Oh, uh, let's, uh, let's go back to President Taft for just a moment. Well, let's so, just, you know, in Vegas, they have a saying. Okay. It's pretty fucking simple. Play the odds. Play the odds. I don't think you... <laughs> oh, Jesus, I weep for America. And you, you have a future in politics. The other one is the Klan always wins. Oh, but they, Jesus. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, well, there not. it is. I don't know. It's just. Uh, so be honest. You're Let's putting it on. Frank. 
Let's, As they say. Let's be frank. Let's, let's be frank. Let's uh, be frank. Did, oh, did Frank ever say that? Did he ever say that, like, as a joke? Did yeah, Sinatra... he wasn't funny, but we just pretended he yeah, was. Well, yeah, he's important, so, you know, you got to pretend that he's funny. He's no joke. Uh, let's uh, let's go back to President Taft. Uh, so you're eventually elected president. <laughs> you know uh, it. And uh, during your tenure, you're known as the trust buster. Trust buster. Uh, you bring over 70 antitrust cases to break up big business conglomerates. Uh, you brought suit against Standard Oil Company. You brought suit against the American Tobacco Company and U.S. Steel, just to name a few. Uh, was this just a way to prevent monopolies, or were there other dangers that you saw in these giant companies growing to enormous sizes and containing scores and scores of other companies, smaller companies, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, a, at this point in my career, a kind of a champion of the little guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ironic. Right? <laughs> because of how and large that's you a, are. That's what I told people. This is one of the things I would say. And I was uncomfortable with the idea of these companies having these monopolies over again. The straw industry mm. and the milk industry was a real monopoly at the time. Gotcha. Uh, the clay industry, very big. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I remember a day, because at this point I was an elderly guy, and I thought to myself, you know, I remember a day when the bricklayers mm. were everything. Yeah. And I was uncomfortable with this idea that other companies would have just as much, if not more, power. Than the, uh, the bricklayers had back in the bricklayer who was my voting block. I see. And yeah. I did what I could as president. Again, mm-hmm. that was I did a phenomenal job. I think historians agree. They, I mean, as far as busting trusts, you were the tops. You were definitely better than any other president. You're the summit. <laughs> you're the top. You're Find the, 15 presidents beneath you. You're the clan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, shouldn't have left it up. Somehow it doesn't sound right coming out no, of you. No, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> I didn't so, know yeah. what kind of show this was. So you're you're saying that this was completely altruistic, that you didn't think that big companies should get together and squash the little guy. Well, sure. I mean, unless I'm going to get a cut of it. You have to understand. Mm. Old Taffy's got to get his cut. Got to get his taste. Got to get his taste. Taffy wants to get his beak wet. Got to get his scratch out of this. I see. And these companies looked at me and said, Old Taffy, we're not going to give you a cut. And I said, well, I can take care of that. <laughs> and I did. All right. So... You're busting trusts. And I did it. One of the things that happens, though, is that as you're busting trusts, you blame one of these giant conglomerates on your old friend and predecessor, Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, you say boy. publicly that this, this, uh, this company wouldn't have gotten so big if Theodore Roosevelt hadn't have uh, let them become so big. And Theodore Roosevelt becomes very upset. You guys have this, you guys have this incredible friendship, but now it's ruined. That uh, son of a Boo-hoo. <laughs> But I'm wondering... That son of a bitch dared to challenge me. He challenged you. What, when did this happen? I didn't see this in the Wikipedia. This is 1912. 1912. That's how You we wouldn't call. put the ought there for obvious reasons. I'm but sorry. Were you there? <laughs> I wasn't there. I wasn't okay. there. You have to understand. That's how these we... kids. These kids don't understand. Mm-hmm. Millenniums or whatever. Is yeah. Uh, and that son of a bitch ran against me in 1912. Mm-hmm. After all I'd done for him. Ugh, after all you did for him. Pardon yeah. him of all of his crimes... Got him out of that. I'm sorry, you pardoned Theodore Roosevelt of all of his crimes. Oh, I mean, there were all sorts of things. Uh, you know, various murders and whatnot. Murders? Mm. And old Taffy gets in charge, and old Taffy knows where his friends are. Mm. Takes care of business. You wet my beak, I wet yours. I see. Mutual beak wetting. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And that son of a bitch, after all I'd done for him, he comes after me in 1912, runs against me, mm. causes me to lose, and I haven't forgotten it. No. Believe you me. When you cross taffy. When you cross uh, taffy. Your feet get sticky. That's, no one used to say that. But it, I mean, it works, right? I would, I mean, I certainly <sighs> think I. <laughs> Jesus. 
the loathing coming off of you, Dean Martin. I'm just doing my. I'm just trying to Everybody do my job. Everybody thinks they know show business. They can pitch this, that, the other. Uh, I thought. Well, in the research that I did, it seemed like oh, your. I'm sorry. Tell me about more about it, the research it, that you did. It seems like your relationship with Theodore seems Roosevelt. Like everybody <laughs> feels these oh, days. Oh, I think I read something somewhere <laughs> once about this. <laughs> It seemed like your It seemed like your relationship with Theodore Roosevelt was rocky before the uh, the election of eighteen uh, of um, uh, nineteen twelve, uh, but you're saying that that was that was the straw that broke the camel's back for the two of you. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm. After that point, the fuck pack was essentially over. Oh, well, what happened? Was McKinley gone by that? Ooh. McKinley had been oh, killed. shot. McKinley got shot when he was in the Philippines. By who? Oh, it's a convenient, very convenient, by the <laughs> hey, way. Let's not get into that. Uh, is this one? Of, is this one of the murders that you uh, that you pardoned Theodore Roosevelt for? I mean, look, things happen in politics. You have to understand that is extremely and vague when you're president, and telling. You yeah. got to protect your friends. Gotcha, gotcha. And that son of a bitch turned on me. I see. Uh, well, you know, we only have a little bit more time left, and uh, I guess we should end with, uh, you know, Dean Martin. You also had a friendship that. Uh, that became fraught because of the business. You and Jerry Lewis, your yeah. old comedy partner, after a while you're doing all these movies together, you become extremely successful, and, uh, and you just uh, you, you fall apart. You know, you become, uh, you become enemies, but, uh, but you have a, a, a reunion on one of his charity telethons you you mm. sort of like jump out. You surprise him. I jumped out. And, right. uh, and you, that, you can uh, watch that. Wait, what is it? You can watch it. I, it was like what Ellen does. You know, I just... Ah, oh, you surprised. Like a little surprise. Okay. Oh, people love that. It Did was you great. jump out of a Classic. thing? Or was it oh, like, it was a, a, like a... Like a fern or a something. A fern. You jumped out of a fern. But, you know... Classic a, Martin. It was a beloved moment, but... You know, you know, no, he, he had... He had uh, the rivalry really never ended. Because he had his kids, Jerry's kids, a mm-hmm. bunch of thugs. Mm-hmm. And I had my gang. I'm sorry, oh, Jerry's Dino's kids. Dino's bunch of drunks. Dino's B-O-D's. <laughs> Dino's Dino. bunch of drunks. Dio, Dino's B, yeah. Yeah, but I remember this. The, the orphan kids down by the waterfront. Right. That you would but, give alcohol. But we each would, yeah, we go out there and, you know. It's, just, it's Jerry's kids was a charity, though, uh, where he was taking care of underprivileged sure, sure, children, sure. I believe. It yeah. sounds like you just had, like, a, a sure. game of street thugs that you were... Oh, uh, Jerry's <laughs> charity was so great, it, I mean, that's just what you it sounds like. You might have all of a twist. <laughs> it sounds like. I mean, just the, the, the common knowledge is that he was taking care of children. He was doing, a good, he was doing oh, good work. Common knowledge. Common knowledge. Is that the name of this show? I wonder where he learned about that. <laughs> Conventional wisdom. Oh, let me tell. Let me have a guest on the show. Let me tell you what I think I uh, I did 10 minutes of research. <laughs> anyway. All the shit that his I know His kids were just weak. Weak. But did you, mean. Did you I'll have, give him that. They were mean. Did mm. you have your kids fight Jerry's kids? Of did you have you had Dean Martin's we bunch of drunks, the drunk by surprise. Drunk kids and oh, was this on the telethon? You could, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I thought, on YouTube, yeah. And, it was on YouTube. But according to Wikipedia, this repaired your relationship. You're saying that you came out, you had your drunk kids beat up his kids on his telethon. You ever, but yeah, well who runs Wikipedia? Marty Lewis. <laughs> Sorry, who? Marty Lewis, grandfather of Jerry Lewis. He's the big wig. I see. So he's going to say that. Uh, Mr. Wikipedia. So you're saying Marty Lewis, Jerry Lewis's grandson? Grandfather. So older than Jerry Lewis. Right. Still alive, maintaining Wikipedia. Still alive, but he did that. Yes, of course. Edited it so that it seemed like the telethon was a a happy reunion instead of what it was, a bloodbath that you orchestrated where you destroyed Jerry's kids with your your own gang of youths, uh, uh, Dean Martin's 
a bunch of drugs. Yeah, you got to get out of your bubble, kid. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, it's all that's all very fascinating and new information. Um, and there's a lot more to unpack. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of uh, uh, Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank my guests, uh, President Taff and Dean Martin, for joining us on the show yeah. today. Hey, great to meet hey. you, buddy. You got a, you got a few... Yeah, well, <laughs> I think like they must the, hang out. Yeah. Sounds like there's a friendship here. I gotta tell you, it's been I a think. pleasure. It's been a pleasure being with Jared. With uh, just Jared. I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. With Jared Berenstein. I mean, look, I've been on a lot of talk shows about famous dead people. This is by far. I mean, it's not the best one. It's all right though. <laughs> I'm. I, that's good enough for me. Uh, listen, if you if you are listening out there... I you... didn't enjoy it. It's not my taste. All right, Dean It's Martin. not really my sense of humor. I feel it... like we haven't spent enough time talking about how bad Jared is. Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like you liked the show at first, but now we're, we're sort and of now like... Now that I've been around. on it, I don't care for it. All right, so uh, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email them to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Yeah, how often does that happen? Check out my uh, <laughs> website more often than you think. Check out my website, jaredbarnstein.com. Buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Okay. Is Mike okay? Yeah, everything's good. My brother-in-law says, don't go to Dwayne Reed. It was sketchy tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good heads up. That's a good heads up.